skull. They crucified him and the criminals, on one on the right and one on the left. But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves. And the people stood by, looking on. And even the rulers were, sne were sneering at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if this is the Christ of God, the Chosen One. The soldiers also mocked him, coming to him, offering him sour wine, <clears throat> and saying, If you are the King of the Jews, save yourself. Now there was also an inscription <clears throat> above, above him saying, the king of the, This is the King of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, You are not the Christ. Or are you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the others answered in rebuking him, said, Do not even fear God, since you are under the same sen sentence of the condemnation. And we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving that what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. And it was now about the sixth hour, and the darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour. The sun being obscured, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus, crying out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last breath. Now when the centurion saw what had happened, he began praising God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds who came together for, his, for this spectacle, when they observed that what had happened began to return beating their breasts and all of his acquaintances and the women who accompanied, accompanied him from Galilee were standing at a distance seeing these things. Thank you. I love what your voice sounds like. I can listen to you read that Bible all day long. Here, here you go. Take that. So I want to talk to you about a kind of person that we probably all know. This is the storyteller person that tells you a story and then likes to repeat the story. He'll say, have I ever told you about the time I was on vacation and I saw this or did this? And you'll say, oh, yeah, you did. And then he goes right on to tell you the story anyway, right? And you make eye contact and you smile and you nod, but pretty soon your mind starts to wander because you know the whole story. You know every point. So you sort of lose track. Tonight, I'm a little bit like that storyteller guy. Because I'm here to tell you a story that I know everyone here has heard many, many times. But this story is way too important to tune out and to start thinking ahead. So I want you to try to do something. 
that I am particularly good at. I want you to empty your mind. (laughs) Clear your brain. And for the next 20 minutes, try your best to listen to this story as if you've never heard it before. So instead of thinking ahead, you hang on every word. Let's pray for that. Father, oh, we come before you, Lord, just asking for fresh ears and a fresh receptive heart to stand at the foot of the cross and see things new. Father, we would never want to be so short-sighted or arrogant to think we could open this, your word, and teach it ourselves. We, we come expecting your Holy Spirit to teach us like you do constantly at this church. Father, please fill this place with the power of the cross. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. On Good Friday, we celebrate the day that Jesus was crucified. Now, since you have never heard this story before, you are probably wondering, what is crucifixion? Who is Jesus? And why are we celebrating this event? Let's start with crucifixion. Crucifixion was an ancient form of execution where typically the condemned person was nailed to a wooden cross like this one where he hung until he was dead. We get our word excruciating from the word crucifixion. Crucifixion was intended to provide a death that was particularly slow, painful, gruesome, humiliating, and public. The condemned person sometimes had to carry his cross to the place of execution, and a full cross could weigh over 300 pounds. So then sometimes the condemned person would just carry the cross beam because it would only weigh 100 pounds depending on the method used. Death could occur in several hours of agony or take much longer. Typical cause of death was very, very slow suffocation. The person hung on the cross, little by little, they could not fill their lungs with air. So crucifixion was an ugly, excruciating way to die. Second question, who is Jesus? Jesus was born in the small town of Bethlehem in Israel. You don't know this story either, so you'll have to come back in December and we'll tell you that story. When Jesus was about 30, he began a public ministry that lasted about three and a half years. He had the most unique and profound ministry in the history of the world. Wherever he went, he performed Amazing miracles. He turned ordinary water into wine. He walked on the water at the Sea of Galilee. He rebuked a storm. He made a raging storm stop just by talking to it. He healed people that were lame, sick, blind, demon-possessed, and he raised people from the dead. But the religious leaders of his day hated Jesus and they wanted to kill him. Not because of what he did, but because of what he said. Jesus claimed to be the Son of God, the Messiah. He said things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And he said, I tell you the truth, he who believes in me has eternal life. Jesus never committed a sin or broke any laws, so the Jewish leaders had to create false charges. They accused Jesus of being an enemy of Rome and had him arrested and put on trial for his life. Rome was the ruling power in that day. 
and a governor named Pontius Pilate was the Roman governor that had to hear the case. Pilate immediately declared Jesus innocent of all charges. But his enemies protested and insisted he was guilty. So the Roman governor offered them an option. I'm going to read that to you. It's in Matthew 27, verses 15 to 26. I'm going to read to you from the New Living Translation. Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. This year there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas. As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message. Leave that innocent man, meaning Jesus, alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Meanwhile, the leading priests and elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. So the governor asked again, which of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas. Pilate responded, then what should I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? They shouted back, crucify him. Why? Pilate demanded. What crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that a riot was developing, so he sent for a bowl of water and he washed his hands before the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. And all the people yelled back, we will take responsibility for his death, we and our children. So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. Jesus was brutally beaten by Roman whips within an inch of his life. He was so weak, he needed help to carry his cross up the hill the execution site. And this brings us to the passage that Denny read for us in Luke 23. If you have that open, we'll look at that. This is the account of the last few hours of Jesus' life on earth. The first thing Jesus did after they crucified him, while he's in excruciating pain, was to pray. Jesus didn't pray for God to ease his suffering. He didn't pray for God to punish his enemies. What did Jesus pray for? You don't know. You haven't heard the story before. I'll read it to you. Luke 23, verse 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus prayed for God to forgive the people that were crucifying him unfairly. So what were the people doing while Jesus was praying for them? Verse 35. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he's God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers, the soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine and vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Can you imagine what it would really be like to stand there and watch somebody die by crucifixion? Wouldn't you think a hush would fall over that crowd? But they were relishing in it. The leaders sneered, the soldiers mocked. Matthew's gospel tells us that even the bystanders started hurling insults. They said, come down from the cross if you're the son of God. This is a key moment in the story for us. 
because this explains to us why we celebrate the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The crowd shouted, come down from the cross. Let him save himself if he's God's Messiah. The people wanted Jesus to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was the Messiah. And this is exactly what Jesus did. He proved he was the Son of God, not by coming off the cross, but by staying on the cross to die for your sin and my sin. If Jesus had saved himself, you and I would be lost. Earlier in his ministry, Jesus said this in Matthew 20, 28. Jesus said, The Son of Man, meaning himself, came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is what Jesus came to do. He came to give his life as a ransom. This means Jesus came to give his life as the payment for our sins. He set us free from the penalty of our sin. Jesus paid a debt he did not owe because we owe a debt we cannot pay. What debt do we owe? What is the penalty for our sins? Romans 6.23 tells us the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. A wage is what we deserve. It's our compensation for our actions. Sin pays a miserable wage, namely death, eternal separation from God, hell. But God sent Jesus to pay the price for our sin to wipe our debt clean so we can have eternal life if we believe in him. One of, uh, of Jesus' disciples, a man named John, later wrote this in 1 John 4.10, This is real love, not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to take away our sin. God sacrificed his own son, not to cover up our sin, but to remove him completely. This is the power of what Jesus did on the cross. This is why we celebrate the death of Jesus, not just on Good Friday, but every single day of our lives. As Jesus was dying on the cross for our sins, the voices of those mockers rang in his ears. He saved others. Let him save himself if he's God's Messiah. You've never heard this story before, so maybe you're wondering, how could Jesus have saved himself if he wanted to? How could he overcome that mob and those leaders and all those Roman soldiers? If you have your Bible, please turn to John 18 verses 3 to 6. This passage tells us what happened on the night Jesus was arrested. Jesus had 12 very close disciples that were with him during most of his three and a half year ministry. One of these disciples was a man named Judas. Religious leaders were looking for Jesus. They wanted to find him so they could arrest him and put him on trial and execute him. Judas knew where Jesus would be that night. So Judas went to the Jewish leaders and he betrayed Jesus. He sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. Judas led the Jewish leaders and a battalion of Roman soldiers, that's hundreds of Roman soldiers, to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus was praying. Let's read about what happened. Uh, John 18, verses 3 to 6. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. 
and Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Wow. Jesus was outnumbered hundreds to one. These soldiers came with their swords and their shields and their armor and their spears shining in that torchlight. They came with the authority of the Roman government. This Rome was the superpower of that day. These soldiers represented the finest fighting men in the world at that time. But Jesus knocked every single one of them down just by saying three little words. I am he. I am is the name of God. And Jesus purposely used this designation to declare himself God. And the truth of that statement and the power of that statement made every single one of those hundreds of men step back, jump back, whatever, fall to the ground. Couldn't keep their feet. Can you imagine the noise that all those men made in the still of the night as their shields and their swords clanged and they hit the ground, probably grunting and cursing. If this was bowling, Jesus threw a strike. All went down. All down. Then Jesus let the men get up and arrest him. Come on. If Jesus didn't want to go willingly, nobody could have laid a finger on him. That night, one of Jesus' other disciples, a man named Peter, drew his sword to fight. Peter made one swipe with his sword, and he cut off the ear of a servant in the crowd. Jesus told Peter, put your sword away. And then Jesus tenderly and lovingly healed that ear of that servant. And listen to what Jesus said next. I'll read it to you. Matthew 26, 53 to 54. This is incredible. Jesus said, do you think I cannot call on my father? And he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? Jesus could have called more than 12 legions of angels. A Roman legion was about 6,000 men. Doing the math, that means Jesus could have called down about 72,000 angels. Could 72,000 angels have saved Jesus from the leaders and the mob and the soldiers? Would you like to know how much damage just one angel can do? In the book of Isaiah, chapter 37, verse 36, it says, Then the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning, there were all the dead bodies. One angel killed 185,000 men. If Jesus had called down 72,000 angels and each one took out 185,000 men, this angel army could have cleaned out over 13 billion people. And the entire population of the world at that time was about 300 million. Jesus could have saved himself at any time. But Jesus didn't want to save himself. He wanted to save you. He wanted to save me. That's why he allowed himself to be crucified. Fact. The religious leaders did not put Jesus on the cross. The love of God did. Fact. Those Roman nails did not hold Jesus on the cross. The love of God did. Fact. The enemies of Christ did not win. The love of God did. Jesus was crucified between two criminals. One of these dying guys started hurling insults too. 
Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Remember I told you when somebody's hanging on the cross, their breath is short. It's precious. Why was this guy wasting precious breath? What was he trying to gain? Win favor with the crowd that was crucifying him too? While this guy was wasting his breath, the other dying prisoner used his last breath, gained everything. Verse 40, But the other criminal rebuked him, Don't you fear God since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then the prisoner said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. One dying prisoner didn't believe. The other dying prisoner did believe. And in that instant of belief, Jesus guaranteed him eternal life. And Jesus is still doing that today. The instant we believe, he guarantees us eternal life. In verse 44, it tells us, It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Middle of the day, sun stopped shining. Three hours of solid darkness. If you're one of those mockers, right about now, aren't you shutting your mouth and thinking, "Uh uh-oh? The curtain in the temple was torn in half. You haven't heard this story before, so I need to explain this to you. This curtain blocked the entrance into the most holy place, the Holy of Holies. This is the place with the earthly dwelling presence of God. This curtain represented the fact that humans, with our sin, we we have a barricade between us and God. Only the high priest could go through that curtain to the holiest of holies one day a year to make atonement for the people. And if that priest had sin in his life, or if anybody else tried to get past that curtain, God would strike them dead on the spot. This curtain was not flimsy. I don't want you to think because it was torn, it was some kind of sheer little living room fabric. This curtain was 60 feet high, kind of probably up to about here. We need to get your pole to see that, your your Goliath pole. 60 feet high, he says more. 30 feet wide, 4 inches thick, woven like carpet. Nothing a man could tear. And the other Gospels tell us it was torn from top to bottom, clearly the handiwork of God. The tearing of the temple curtain is really important to us because it means when Jesus died, he removed that barrier between us and God forever. We no longer have to go through an earthly priest or any religious leader. Every single one of us can come boldly to the throne of God through Christ we put our faith in him. (laughs) And not just one day a year, but every day of the year. Verse 46, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. Jesus laid down his life on his own terms, just like he said he would. John's gospel tells us that he also said it is finished, meaning he came and he completed everything he came to do. He paid your debt and my debt in full. Verse 47, the centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, surely this is a righteous man. The other gospels tell us that this Roman commander also said, truly this is the son of God. Verse 48 says, When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. Finally stopped mocking. Now they were beating their breasts and walking away. Beating their breasts is a showing that they felt deep remorse and anguish, but it does not say that they believed in Jesus as their Messiah. It just means they felt terrible about it. 
So in this scene, one condemned prisoner believed, one Roman commander believed. Everyone else just looked, felt really bad, and walked away unsafe. Let's please bow your heads in prayer. We're going to have a moment of silent prayer now. And in the silence, if you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, thank him for going to the cross for you. And if you have never believed in Jesus, don't walk away tonight from the cross unsaved. That prisoner just said, Jesus, remember me. And Jesus granted him eternal life. Right where you're sitting right now, you can simply say, Jesus, save me. And he surely will. So please, take this moment of silence right now to write your ending to the story of Good Friday. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to die, to take away our sin. Thank you that he came to pay a debt we, we owed but we could not pay. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will not allow anyone here to leave unchanged by your cross. And we ask this in the name that is above every name, our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, our King. Amen.